Hey, ICL fans, question for you. Is there something weird you obsess over? If people knew about it, they may think maybe you're a little crazy. Well, my guest today is Vedmantas Sudinis, who is a very talented serial entrepreneur, investor, and lecturer. And he shared something he obsesses over that is very strange but funny. What is it? The number seven. But it's not just the number. It's how the little things like the temperature or the volume setting should be on a number that ends with seven or divisible, divisible by seven. Funny, huh? Anyway, that is just one of the things that you'll learn about Vidmantas, who previously grew a health company from eight clubs in Lithuania to more than 30 clubs in three Baltic countries, and happens to be creating MELP, M-E-L-P, which is a platform that provides a wide variety of choices and benefits for employees. Let's jump into the conversation. Hey, you're listening to Innovators Can Laugh, the fun startup podcast. I'm your host, Eric Melcher. On ICL, we interview an innovative entrepreneur in the European tech startup scene every week. My goal is to have my guests share their wisdom while having a little fun in the process. Now let's dive in. Vidmanta, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. I'd like to get started with by asking you some, uh, some fun questions that kind of reveal your personality. First question for you is, how many books have you read in the last three months? Well, I believe it could be up to five, five or six. Uh, so it was pretty intensive. I was reading and mixing a little bit of science fiction with, uh, with the business books. So, you know, uh, I, I think it was uh, quite a good month for reading. Okay. Have you always been a sci-fi fan? Yeah, since, since since I was little, since I was a kid, uh, I was reading lots of science fiction. So, you know, I, I grew I grew up with some big big names like Isaac Asimov, which, which I I liked a lot, or or uh, Brother Strugatskis. Uh, so now the last book I finished by the way two days ago was also science fiction. Roger Gelasner, The Lot of the Light. I really like. All right, interesting, interesting. But you know what. What turned me on to reading was reading a, a sci-fi book called Ender's Game when I was very young. Did you ever read that book or see the movie? I, I've seen the movie, didn't read the book. I didn't even know that it was a, a book. Uh, so it, it was done according to the book as much. Fascinating. You know, the book's always much better. But yeah, if you get a chance, it's a great book. And uh, when I read that book, I just, I just fell in love with reading. Okay, next question for you. Who is one of your favorite celebrities or actors or athletes? Athletes, I believe the, the athlete, the first comes to my mind, it's Michael Jordan with the Bulls. Of course, you know, Lithuania, it's a basketball country. So yeah. uh, all, all the kids grew up watching basketball. So Michael Jordan uh, with even the, the first Bulls uh, era and then after, after the return. So he was really an inspiring athlete. And afterwards, when I watched the Netflix show with him about, you know, the last game, so yep. uh, the last dance. So, so it was also once more, you know, reliving these moments. Uh, so I, I believe he was probably the most inspirational athlete. Yeah. I loved how he could invent something in his mind and it was just enough to trigger, okay, I, you know, I'm going to demolish that person in the game. It was just enough to motivate him. That little trigger, that's all he needed. And sometimes he would make it up just, just to like, you know, motivate him and inspire him. I, I, that fascinates me about him. So the first question about, 
Sorry, they're also very persistent and raising the bar and keeping it, you know, not only for himself, but also for the others. So I think yes. that's... Absolutely, because they said that, yeah, he was a bit of an asshole at times. You know, he wasn't, you know, a pleasant person to be around with, but as a teammate, he was amazing. He just wanted to win and he brought everybody else up to that level. So the question I have for you about Michael Jordan, would you rather have dinner with Michael Jordan or take $50,000 in cash? If you had the choice between the two, which one would you pick? Well, both are tempting. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard, right? (laughs) You know, this uh, money comes and goes. It's uh, only what you can do with it. So maybe the dinner would be more mm, impressive achievement. And and probably some of the inspiration I could get, I hope it could earn me more than 50,000. (laughs) <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Okay. Next question for you. Tell me something weird that you obsess over. Something weird that you obsess over. Yeah. I, I have strange thing with numbers. So, and, and I like number seven. So uh, sometimes when I am, uh, you know, seeing some numbers, for example, I'm uh, uh, putting the volume up in the car and it shows the numbers. So I tried to end up with a volume number, which either is divided by seven without the remainder, or if I add two, it adds up to seven. For example, I really like uh, listening to the radio on the volume 28, which is <laughs> divided by seven or 35, but also 34 is okay because three plus four is also seven. So <laughs> the, uh, I'm a bit of a numbers geek, so I really like playing with the numbers in my mind. Has anybody ever caught on to this or, or no? I don't think so. And I don't tell that often because, you know, I have few options. And because sometimes, for example, when my wife told me, make it a bit uh, not so loud, you know, I make it 14. Like, <laughs> So nobody asks why it's 14, why it's not 12. It's yeah. just for me, it's like I feel better. Well, I'm just thinking about all the negotiations you have done, whether or not you were investing in something or you were getting some some money for fundraising or something. Did you look at all the contracts and say, this number is not going to work, but I'll take this number. <laughs> Knowing inside that hey, it's, it's divisible. It's, no, divisible by seven. It's, it's more like a game, you know, it's more like a game, especially a visual one. And you know, it's, it's, it may be a strange thing, but for example, when I am, now I'm thinking about it, for example, up to the moment with, the, with my current um, venture with the milk, we have raised 770,000 up to the day. <laughs> but it's not that we strived to that. It's, like, <laughs> it's not like something we have been looking for. Uh, you know, um, if you like some numbers, sometimes they keep coming back to you and they repeat themselves. Or maybe it's just like you see them around and you kind of get reassurance, like, okay, the numbers are around me, so they are somehow helping me in my life. It's just a game. <laughs> okay. I feel like I should release this podcast on the 7th of, uh, of July. <laughs> Would be great. <laughs> Would be a, a nice coincidence or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You started your career working as an account director for the famous ad agency, BBDO. Can you paint a picture of the kind of work that you did and what you enjoyed most about that job? Well, uh, I was uh, managing the 
clients. So I, I was the like project manager or afterwards or account manager. Well, I like it to set in US. So afterwards I became account director. So I was managing uh, clients uh, in the full scope of work with the uh, agents. Uh, and I was uh, driving a team which consisted of creative people, also production people or uh, account managers. So who were providing the solutions, creative solutions and creating the campaigns for the client. So I think two of the topics that uh, were the most interesting for me as a part of the agency. One thing is the creative surrounding and working with the creative directors uh, and the, like art directors, like really creative people. I think it was inspiring myself and, and I started to look at the problems from different sides. Like, uh, because, you know, sometimes they surprised me and knocked out of the shoes, like how they can come up with that. Like, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's totally different way of thinking. So, uh, one thing and another that to uh, quite often it, it is a big change because you work with different clients. I was working with clients from, you know, cosmetics to mm, car oils, so it's totally different market. But you have to yeah. dig into the product, dig into the uh, target audience and to understand them. And you start to like that. And you know, you work with telecommunications, BR and insurance, but you, and when you understand the product, when you understand, understand the problem and you kind of go through that, I think it's really interesting thing that it's never ending change. And uh, you can learn from that and also learn to adapt as a person, like get into new product or problem, solve it. And then uh, when you understand the target audience needs, then you kind of are really satisfied inside. Like you came up with this idea that worked and then this campaign delivered the results. So I think it is a great feeling for everyone. During that time, was it mentally exhausting for you to be able to switch from here's this account, like you said, maybe it's a uh, oil car oils and you have your mind immersed into this campaign and trying to come up with ideas and work with the team. And then an hour later, you have to shift because you have a meeting for, you know, a person in cosmetics at the end of the day, were you mentally exhausted or did you feel like you had so much energy that, that, did that energize you? I wasn't those shifts. Oh, I, would not, oh, I, I was never exhausted. I was kind of driven by that because it's like an interesting, also a, a, a bit negateful. You're working with different teams inside the agency. So, uh, when, as an account manager, I handled like three to four clients at the same time, like bigger ones, if, if there are smaller, it can be more, but uh, three to four is, is a good amount. But creative directors are always different. You, you do not work with the same people. So you come with another creative team and they inspire you with another creative uh, energy with, uh, with other ideas. So you, so you kind of switch. To, to that different feeling, to that different drive. And I, I never, never felt like uh, tired. We were really working a lot and you know, it's the, the deadlines, clients are always pushing like, okay, we need this campaign next uh, week or next month, we have to react to our competitors' uh, uh, actions. But it was really interesting and I enjoyed that uh, part of life a lot. Okay. Later on, you decided to become a lecturer at Vilnius University. When did you decide that you wanted to teach? Actually, it was uh, the head of the agency who brought me to that, to the education. 
because the owner of the agency who is also, was also a CEO, he was participating in quite a lot of advertising, uh, uh, advertising association. He was involved into the, the students exams committees. So he was the one who invited me. So he said, would you like to go and participate together in the exam committee as a part of the jury? You know, they always invite someone from the market, from the practice to, to develop from the practical point of view, would the campaigns work with these students who are studying communication and advertising, would they succeed in the real life? So it was uh, the push from, from my, uh, my, my CEO of who was my boss and my guru at the time, I learned a lot from him. So, and I, afterwards, when I made it, you know, to the three, four years to the exam uh, committees, then they invited me to teach. It was not so easy because you have to prepare a lot. So, and, uh, and you have to step up. You always learn more when you start to teach. So I think that, uh, and I, that's the advice I'm giving to someone when someone wants to learn something better, who is okay, yeah. go to teach it. So then you really get into the subject. So, so I was, uh, <laughs> I was te teaching uh, in this uh, college for, for a year, I, I believe because, but then I was too busy and I, I said that I should quit for that and from that, but I still remained as a mentor or in the exam jurist when they invited. I feel it's like part of the giving back to the society. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. I taught as an adjunct professor for one year. And, uh, the first semester, I feel very bad. I feel like I would give myself an F because it's a huge learning curve when you're doing something like teaching, you know, at the university level, but the second semester, I, I think I did much better. I had a lot better time. And so did the students. Now, while you were lecturing tonight, you were also running one of the biggest entertainment groups in the, in, in the Baltics. The name of the, uh, the company was called seven entertainment. Can you briefly describe that role and tell me about a time you made a mistake or failed to anticipate something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now I think that seven, why, why it's <laughs> seven, those, <laughs> those seven was not because of the number seven was made up. The name was made from services, venues, and entertainment. So a mix of the, uh, services that we were providing with that group. Well, I think we had a lot of, uh, you know, hiccups because when we were building the first multi-purpose arena in the Baltics, then I've joined the company. I was inspired by the idea to do something that was never done in our region. It was the first such, such kind of object. We were learning a lot from the U S and Europe from NBA at the, at the moment in the arenas, I think, uh, I've learned a lot uh, in in sales and then pitching at the same time, because I remember uh, I was supposed to, I started to work as a marketing director. I was supposed to lead the sales of the naming rights and, and exceptional sales rights, exclusive sales rights for the arena. So uh, I remember when I was uh, doing the first pitches, my, the owner of the company like invited me after the pitch and he said like, you know, that's the content on the, on the screen is good, but somehow I, I don't believe it. You, you do not translate it, you know, through yourself. Like, like it's great because you are selling the naming rights to the arena, which is not built to the, so the object is never seen in our region. Nobody knows what is arena. You are selling it for 
10 millions who somebody should pay in advance. And you people should be like more uh, excited and you should be more excited. So like what, like in the, in the theater, like in a show that I don't know, maybe like, <laughs> but you should somehow try to be more uh, like convincing and more, more alive during the presentation. And I, the next presentation, I tried to make it like out of my comfort zone. I didn't feel really good about that because I was trying to act <laughs> a bit and I'm trying yeah. more impressive. Just like, you know, uh, we are from Nepenia, so it's more uh, calm uh, character. So it's, I, I wanted to be more like US uh, sales guy in our mind. And at the end of the day, yeah. the guy uh, came back to me and said, good, let's continue like that. Like <laughs> it worked. So uh, I, I had to improve a lot of times there because it was something that I, I never did much before. It was really also interesting and learning experience. Yeah. Well, the great thing is that you got feedback and you were able to pivot, you know, make some changes and uh, your target audience, right? You got to deliver what your target audience wants, regardless if it's a customer or somebody you're pitching to. Yeah. yeah. I always think that more energy, higher energy is better. Even it can be better than the, the, the content, you know, than what you're saying. Um, I always feel like guests who come on here with a high energy level. It's going to be a great, a great conversation, regardless of what we talk about. <laughs> That's just right. my personal opinion. So yeah. let's jump to Impulse Fitness Clubs. You helped launch this in 2012 and you grew this fitness club. To my understanding for one club to now there are 11 clubs. What specific, what specific challenges did you face in the beginning to go from one club to two clubs and then from two clubs to three clubs? Yeah. It was not the case. It was uh, from chain to bigger chain because I, I would consider it as an impulse brand. Yeah. Now we have 10 clubs, but we have launched another brand uh, parallelly called Lemon Gym. So it, when I joined the company, it was eight clubs in one country. And when I stepped down as a CEO, it was 30 clubs in three countries. So it's kind of a, a little bit different journey. I, but I can say, for example, when we launched a new brand, Lemon Gym, which, which was budget fitness brand also not present in our region before. So then I've started to build it from one, from zero even. Like I was going around the, the world, looking at different concepts. And when we decided, then we decided to start the budget concept first, because the, it was pretty empty, the market uh, for the, at that point of time, 2014. So. We had to create brand and, and start somehow quite strong with that. So we opened the first year, we opened four clubs and then we continued opening them in Latvia and Estonia. So, uh, now, now it's, there are even more clubs than, than it's one twenty clubs already in the regions. I believe that the most difficult, uh, and it's two problems. When I would join impulse, the company was struggling. And uh, we uh, had to grow, but before that, we need to make operations, right? The sales, to put the sales in place. So at first I was just making sure that the company would, would go on uh, and concentrated a lot on the sales on efficiency and started also implementing some new services, some new fitness activities in the market, some new group exercises that were not present to make it more interesting as a brand. When launching Lemon Gym, Lemon Gym, so it was 
another challenge. So we had to convince people that a kind of cheap or affordable club can also be of high quality. So, but, but it's always easier, I would say, to work with affordable concepts because, you know, the price is something that you communicate a lot. And uh, if it is a good product with a, with a good price, so everybody likes that. So I think it was even easier, more difficult to make turnaround at Dimples in this legacy club's legacy brand to make it work efficient, earn money, and then earn its reputation as a great brand who is on the innovative part of the, of the market. And then to launch Lemon was easier at, in the beginning, but then later probably more difficult to grow it in the different countries. Okay. Okay. What is your most interesting project right now that you're working on that month? So Melk, Melk as, a, as a startup, which we started from scratch, and it's an employee benefit platform, which we believe will engage and motivate uh, people uh, to make them stay in their job or make them come to the new place of employment. I think it's, it's very uh, challenging. It's very interesting and it has a great potential. So that's the, my main focus at the moment. Okay. How did you see this opportunity? Because I understand it's a web and mobile platform that provides lots of different benefits in choices for employees. How did you stumble upon this idea? Being CEO and talking with my colleagues who are also, you know, had the heads of the companies, we always see this uh, strange situation. Like you want to improve life of your employees and you want to care more about them. But when you don't have tools to make a personal approach, you have to uh, come up with like one size fits all solutions. And you're saying, okay, I will buy them health insurance for everyone. And then half of people are happy about that and half is not. And for example, uh, okay, I was working in the fitness industry. So everybody kind of uh, enjoyed exercising. But when I hear companies, like I bought uh, fitness club memberships for my team, but some of them are going and visiting and some are not. So how to give people what they want and you know, what is the best, uh, like segmentation uh, size. It's one, one person. It's the best segment because <laughs> when we do what I segmented as, uh, you know, okay, we're two men, we're maybe somehow similar, but we are somehow different that we're, uh, also. So uh, the best segment is of one person. If you have the possibility to somehow segment your team and employees and deliver them personal experience, personal motivation, personal engagement, I think that's that, uh, that everybody wants these days. Everybody wants to be approached as a person. So I think employers will have to take care of employees on the individual level. And that's difficult. You know, that uh, requires time uh, if you make it personally, or it requires some tools. So we believe we're coming up with a tool which will help it make it personal from communication perspective to the employee benefit selection and usage perspective. I love it. Giving employees the benefit or the opportunity to choose their own benefits is, is sort of innovative. It's kind of a game changer. In my experience, I never really had that opportunity for any employer to work with. I always just got stuck with whatever it is that they gave me. So I think this is a game changer in the industry and I'm excited to see it out there. One question for you is you look pretty healthy. You've been working in the fitness industry for a long time. Do you have a daily fitness routine? And if so, what, what is that? Yeah, I, I, I do like a short exercise every morning. 
When I wake up, uh, I do a short med meditation, but that's really short, 10, maximum 15 minutes, uh, depending on the day, because I change a little bit my meditation content just to make it uh, a variety. But also I do a, a short exercise, I would say, like uh, it, it's a bit, uh, a mix of a stretch, uh, strength exercise, mobility uh, exercises. During the whole winter, I, I started this year in a new thing. I was bathing outside in the, I was yeah, going to the river or to the, <laughs> to the lake, cutting myself <laughs> in the lake, you know, this, uh, in, in the ice. Um, I don't know how exactly it's called in English, but cutting the place for me to submerge and then sit there from two okay. to five minutes uh, in the water. Yeah. And, you know, also breathing, enjoying uh, the surroundings. Only the first, you know, 20, 30 seconds, it's like uh, a bit of a shaking. But afterwards, you when you calm down, when you get used to that, so you can really even enjoy your time and, and talk with someone. <laughs> And so on. It was an interesting experience. All right. No, I, I've heard about that before. I've tried turning on the shower code for a few seconds, but never thought about <laughs> jumping in, uh, you know, a chill lake or something where outside. <laughs> and, and it's pretty okay. chilly, you know, it's got to come up to minus 20. Yeah. But the water is always warmer. So the water do not get lower than plus one, you know, <laughs> so it's even warmer in the water. You can jump, just to warm up. <laughs> then Montes, where can people learn more about you? Uh, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, so uh, I'm also uh, posting there quite regularly, I would say. So I think uh, I'm always open for the connection at LinkedIn. So everybody welcome to talk about, you know, employee benefits or fitness or healthy lifestyle or whatever you can come up or the Baltic region if you need some connections. So. So I would say LinkedIn is probably the social media where I'm the most active. Okay. Thank you so much, Vidmatas, for being on the show. It's been a pleasure having you here. Thanks a lot, Derek. Cheers. What a fun conversation with Vidmontes. A lot of good stuff here, but I doubt I'll be jumping into a freezing lake anytime soon. My favorite takeaway here is that everyone wants to be approached on a personal level. That's what technology and personalization has led us to. So if an employee benefits platform like Melp can make this possible, then your business can too. I've included links from this show on the ICO website and newsletter. It's number 51 if you forgot. And if you enjoyed this topic, feel free to give us a review and share it with other people. That's how we grow. As always, thanks for listening. Keep hustling out there. This is Eric signing off. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, I'd really appreciate it if you could give us a review and star rating. Also, don't forget to sign up for the ICO newsletter at innovatorscanlaugh.com where you can get the bio and details of each guest. Thanks.